0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Tuesday, August 1st, 2023, season 19, episode number 13. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from Oxnard, California. Cowboys are heavy into training camp at this point. Pats came on yesterday, so we got a lot to talk about here today. Got Brian, Patrick, Amber here with me. Uh, we'll get into some news and notes, some injury updates. Uh, Jerry had some comments about Zach Martin that I think we'll mention and talk a little bit about. We'll get some standout moments from these guys, things that they've seen here through uh, on the first day of padded practice yesterday. And then we're going to talk about the defense. I really want to find out from you guys, this defense is ready to take that next step and be elite. I'm talking very top of the league and what re- what is required of them in order to get there. We'll talk about that in the final segment. So let's get rolling. Let's start first with some uh, some news and notes. Yesterday, we find out Ronald Jones facing a suspension.
1: Patrick, what do we know? Uh, Ronald Jones suspended the first two games of the reg- of the coming regular season by the league for violation of the performance enhancing. Uh, drug substance abuse policy not substance abuse but pd policy better way to say it um, so he's definitely going to be out the first two weeks and uh, it is key to remember f- folks that he can still practice being all team meetings that he can participate in preseason games it's just a two game regular game suspension of course that's going to send some shock waves down the depth chart as far as the cowboys already needing to sort out things behind tony pollard uh, that suspension is going to give some guys like Deuce Vaughn, Hunter Lipke, Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle some leverage that they did not have on Monday. So interesting to see how that plays out as far as how the Cowboys uh, handle Ronald Jones going forward. How
2: do y'all think that's going to affect this running back position battle really at the as the backup in the backup role uh, right now behind Tony Pollard?
3: Yeah if you felt like that that you were looking for a veteran presence this affects you in that way. Now Malik Davis and Dowdle are veteran guys, but if you're talking about guys that, you know, with Ronald Jones, he was a guy that has carried the ball a lot in the National Football League. So if you were counting on him as being one of the three, potentially, that kind of throws things into a little bit of a – I felt like, though, that this was a position as we got into it that we all really needed to keep an eye on anyway. Could Could, could the veterans – you know, show that they're good enough behind Pollard, you know. And if that wasn't the case, I was thinking, okay, well, there's always that Ezekiel Elliott, you know, player situation. And let's see what happens in New England. But there was always kind of going to be that fallback position or maybe go out and trade for somebody. So, yeah, I, you know, as long as he can continue to practice, I feel like that you can at least get an idea of what you could have with him. You know, now the first two games, I mean, that's that's, that's pretty significant. You only play so many games. So, uh, yeah, like Patrick says, it's going to be up now to old to Davis, to those guys, Lipke, to step up and say, okay, we could do this better than what Ronald – if you've had this idea about what Ronald Jones is, then we need to, like, change your mind about him and put ourselves in that picture.
4: Yeah, and so far – Just in general, and I know the pads just came on yesterday, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but based on what I've seen so far, I haven't seen much that has been impressive to me as far as the running back group as a whole. There have been moments, and guys like Deuce Vaughn, he's shown, like, his size... (laughs) <laughs> um there has been moments Leave where
2: he was ha- <laughs> short guys alone
4: <laughs> no it was the phrase i was gonna use okay um anyways the <laughs> he's <laughs> I'm st- stop 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 okay i'm refocus he has had moments where he's shown speed and you know he's been able to despite his size on the field He's been a guy that you notice regardless. So that has been good. But just overall, I think that passing game has been way better so far rather than the running game. And we'll see how it develops. And, you know, prior to the uh, first padded practice, you see them running and guys couldn't really tackle or anything and you see them playing. But overall, I'm, I'm lacking a little bit more from the running back group. And I hope that moving forward, we can start seeing a lot more from, from that group and also the O-line, how they're opening holes for them.
1: I think it when it comes to Ronald Jones, it's like Brian said, the Cowboys brought him in uh, after the Ezekiel Elliott release because they want that veteran presence, but right. also he's more of the traditional back. He right. can give you the power formations mm-hmm. and, and short yardage. Um, and But I'm kind of torn on this because on one side of it, you say, well, it's not costing you much to keep him around. Uh, to see how that fleshes out and that's a valid argument but you could also make the argument that you know for a fact now he's not going to be available right. for the first two games right. so you probably should give those camp reps to some of the guys that could make the roster and will be available those first two games and like you said Ambar although the running back room as a whole isn't necessarily standing out just yet and I think a lot of that is because the Cowboys are testing that pass game that mm-hmm. deep threat that's why you see so many connections Dak Cooks Dak Lamb Dak Gallup Dak down the the field but Deuce Vaughn is really showing me something both as a receiver out of the backfield on those screen routes but also yeah. up those A and B gaps something yeah. that I've been hammering to fans since the Cowboys acquired Deuce Vaughn don't let that size fool you yeah. he teleports from behind the <laughs> line of scrimmage yeah. suddenly he's you at the second level they can't they find him so, so if Deuce Vaughn can continue to show things like that it just makes it that much more challenging for I, Ronald Jones you know
3: I know I was on the other end of the field when uh, they ran nine on seven which is an entirely run period yeah so you did see and i know we, patrick you and i appreciate we're talking about this a little bit that the the first offensive line versus like the twos and the threes on yeah. defense you know and then with harper and cox playing the linebackers they took the ball downhill on that front seven for the the backup guys, and you know, and and it was you could see the backs hitting the hole, and there were holes there. They did a the line did a really nice job of opening up stuff in the running game for that period. There was two times where Golston had like a tackle for loss, and then Oso Digizua had a tackle for loss, but it was one of those periods where I was like, I felt good about the running backs at least taking the ball downhill and physical at the at the defense and the line did a good job with that. But Amber, you're mentioning stuff about with with Deuce. They're using a lot of different things. You, I've seen him on the field with Pollard, Pollard in the backfield mm-hmm. and then Deuce playing as a slot, and they actually ran a couple of screen passes yesterday that were that actually worked the timing looked good so anything to get these backs more involved with the passing game I mentioned too about Rico Dowdle. there was one time where Isaiah Land came off the edge and Dowdle just destroyed him I mean knocked him to the ground and you're like going oh okay that's a full padded practice play right there Mm -hmm. you know the fact and Land learned it's like listen you know you just can't come running around the corner expect to be free these backs are going to step up and tack and tag you and stuff. So, I think for overall for the for I saw more because of the pads yesterday than I had the previous practices with these guys. Yeah,
2: I will say this too: when it comes to uh, practice and training camp versus games, linebackers and running backs; those are two positions, in my opinion, that's most difficult to be able to evaluate. Right, because the primary role of both doesn't happen until you can actually have live right. contact right. where you're taking people to the ground. It is, I'm evading your tackle, right. and I'm trying to tackle you. And neither one of those two things can really happen out here right. in, in training camp practice. So we'll hold, hold on being able to make that final determination yeah. on what the running backs are just yet. But, again, some some small things I think you can pick up on right
3: well, now. Well, there were just a couple of things, that just those little those flashes. That right. they always tell me, When you watch practice, you're trying to just take everything in, and there's things that you miss. I, I know that Parsons had a sack here practice yesterday Yeah, exactly and i yeah, exactly. and i, yeah. and I yes. was watching but i couldn't figure out who it was and yeah. then all of a sudden all these folks that do a great job with their socials yeah you know that, that do the clips i'm like oh tyron Smith playing tyron, on yeah. tyron smith playing on one foot today yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah you Mike know sometimes sometimes you're watching practice yeah. and you're like what did i miss you know, what did I miss in that particular yeah. thing? So, uh, yeah, but you, you're right. It shows up with the linebackers and running backs more. And it's
1: just the, the news, uh, the timing of the news on Ronald Jones for him could not have come yeah. at much of a worse time because a few hours prior, Mike McCarthy stood on that podium and pointed at Rico Dowdo yeah. and said, we're, we're thrilled to have him back and pointed at Malik Davis and said, right. He looks like he's ready to make the year or two jump. Yeah. Uh, and then a few hours after, McCarthy says that the yeah. suspension comes down so it ain't helping it bro. ain't helping all right let's move on let's get some injury updates we had a couple guys on the injury
2: report yesterday They were added to the injury report one person that uh, seemed like he might be making some strides to come back from the injury
1: report. Patrick, what do we know right now? Trayvon Diggs currently battling a sore-slash-bruised toe. He was doing individual drills on Monday late last week. Spoke with Mike McCarthy, and he said he expected that Trayvon could potentially be back as early as this week. He's trending in that direction, Trayvon is, so good news there. Cowboys, though, are being deliberately cautious with their $97 million man, and that just makes sense this early in camp. Uh, Sam Williams, he exited practice on yesterday. First padded practice with, with what is being described as a shoulder strain. Uh, Cowboys are don't show concern for it. I saw Sam walking around yesterday. There's no type of apparatus on his shoulder. He looks to be okay, but I don't know that I expect to see him on the field today. Maybe they'll be cautious with him as well. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong didn't practice yesterday. He was with the rehab group. Uh, hamstring tightness is what is being told, what Brian was able to get on that. Cowboys are not concerned about that as well. But again, now the time to be cautious on some of these Players, We'll see if uh, Durrance can get back on the field at any point this week for practice. All right, let's go ahead real quick. I wanted to move on
2: to a uh, topic that uh, we've talked about uh, last week, Zach Martin not showing up at training camp, uh, presumably holding out uh, for a, a new deal. Um, Jerry had a comment um, a couple days ago that I thought was worth mentioning and, and talking about. Here was his quote. He said he's been at the top of the money the whole time talking about Zach Barton. Uh, if you make that adjustment, then you don't have the money to pay the guys on their first contract. If uh, It has nothing to do with him. It's not about precedent. It's about facts. We need the money to pay Parsons. We need the money to pay the players that we got to pay in the future. That's a fact. What are your thoughts on that comment?
3: I kind of feel like, though, that uh, this reminded me very much of uh, the Joneses, I think, have learned their lesson on this one. And it, it goes back to Derek, you sent me to the combine one year and it was when Ezekiel Elliott's contract was mm-hmm. kind of in flux. So we did an interview with Stephen Jones and he was talking about it starts with Todd Gurley. It's going to be Todd Gurley. And this is where it's going to start. And we're all kind of looking at each other like, does it really have to start at that much? You know, kind of a yeah. thing. I think the Joneses, I think they they know they can't come out and talk. They'd say this is a Hall of Fame player. We have to have this guy. This is a ring of honor guy. If us, if we're going to the Super Bowl, we have. you can't really say that because I think it's come back on them before on some of these contracts. So I like think Jerry holding the line, they know what Zach Martin is. I talked to somebody before practice yesterday. They kind of know what was going on with things. And they were just not sure, you know, when this would all, you know, they didn't anticipate him missing any games, but we don't know right now. I don't think he will. But the, the thing about it is I think the Cowboys have to play things really close to the vest on this one. Jerry's right about the contracts he's got. I mean, they got that Diggs contract done. I didn't think that was going to be an easy one for them to do. And the fact of the matter is they got it done less than market value. Mm-hmm wasn't the highest-paid player at the position. That's right in Steven Jones and out Pacifica's wheelhouse right there. You give us a little wiggle room that we can play with here, and I think the same thing with with Zach Morton a little bit. Maybe they'll find a way to find some wiggle room, but I think Jerry and Steven, Mike McCarthy, have to be careful about talking about Zach in a way that we all know what Zach really, really is. I think that burned them in the past. I don't think they want that to be used against them in this particular time that they're doing with him.
1: Pay the man. <laughs> Pay the man. Uh, I understand what, what Jerry is doing, and, and I think Brian's right in that the Cowboys are probably, probably leveraging the situation in the media more than they might have in the past. Uh, I think when it comes to a player like Zach Martin, everyone knows. The consensus is, even despite what Jerry might say in front of a camera, in front of a hot mic, the mm-hmm. consistent the consensus inside of the building is the same outside of the building. Zach Martin is the best player on this team. Mm-hmm. And he also has the leverage because he's on an offensive line that is still trying to sort itself out. He's the only thing that you can count on, that you can point at right now and say he's ready to go. Terrence still looks good, but we're still working him back. Tyron Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith on the left side. Tyron said yesterday, Tyron said yesterday, he's working to get chemistry with the young man. So, again, the only thing you can really point at, Shouts out to Tyler Beatish as well, is say Zach Martin, Zach Martin, Zach Martin. So the leverage is there. The caliber of player is there. You pay that man. But then while it's true that you also have to pay Micah and then C.D. is coming due when you have these other things to worry about, Durrance is another guy. He's coming up due as well for another contract. You can massage the salary cap however you need to in a crunch. We've seen teams do it on a perennial basis. But then also to that point, if you know you need to pay Micah and you know you need to pay CD, example, Zach Martin is set to hit the salary cap for eleven million dollars this year, $23 million next year. If you get a long-term another long-term deal done on Zach Martin, you can theoretically reduce the cap hit for year one and two, especially definitely year one, and that allows you more leverage to be able to start negotiating with Micah, negotiating with Lamb. So it, it can be worked. I understand what Jerry's doing, but to quote Dak Prescott again, "Pay the man." Before you, before you go, Amber, I have a question for you though. Mm. You said the leverage is there when you
2: were talking about Zach. Mm-hmm. Where is their leverage? Because the way I, the way I look at it, now I agree so with a lot of what you're saying. Still,
4: my point now.
2: I'm sorry. Go ahead and take your come point. on. Sorry. <laughs> come
4: on. <laughs> We are about to say the same exact thing because because we've we've had this conversation off the air and we went through the math. You did the calculation and all of that. And initially, I was with you, Patrick. I'm like, to me, he had all the leverage. It's Zach freaking Martin. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Just pay him. And that was my thought at the beginning of camp. But the longer we go and another day goes by, you start thinking about it from the Cowboys' perspective, and you're like, okay they really are the ones who have the upper hand here because we know that every practice that he's not here that's fifty thousand dollars off uh, what do you call the this fine and uh, fine, a fine. Yeah. Derek did the math it, w- it came to about well if a he misses all the camp he's
2: gonna be over a million dollars absolutely over a million, over dollars, a million dollars
4: for the whole for whole training camp now and I'm he, talking
2: about training camp in Oxnard. I'm not talking about even when yeah, we get back we get to, right. to which Dallas. is
4: insane. But right. as soon as you get into the regular season, that's a whole other Yeah. Yeah, that's insane amount of that's money. That's a lot of money. But again, from Cowboys' perspective, you look at it, we talk about the other the chances that it gives these other guys to get in reps and practice time. We know Zach Martin is a veteran. We know how professional he is, we know you're you're not doubting in his game like you're not doubting him and you know he's that type of guy that can be plugged in right away whenever so I keep thinking I'm like okay does Zach really have any kind of leverage unless there is an injury that occurs out here and you're like oh okay um, that might be a big
2: ultimately the only leverage I think he has is if he's at a point in his life where he's like I'll retire yeah That's the only leverage he has. Because if he's not willing to retire, all he's doing is is just hemorrhaging money. And I'm just going to tell you from my perspective, I got a wife at home and kids at home. (laughs) And they're going to be like, Dad, why are you sitting at home and losing money for the family? Like, Mm -hmm. you need to get back to work. I don't see that being much leverage around.
3: He retires, he has to pay money back.
1: Right. Something
2: else is going to cost him. Yeah, everything
3: is going to cost him at the end of the day. I, I think that maybe the Cowboys can do this. I know there's a $7 million valley. Between the top guy and what Zach's looking at right now, could the Cowboys find a way to go halfway on that? You know, could you just old mm-hmm. school? Hey, we'll give you a we'll, we'll give you a, we'll give you a two and a half million dollar bump. You know, here we go. Would that would that be something that would would work for you? But yeah, I mean it, it's it's clear. You watch practice out here, you notice he's not there. Correct. You notice Absolutely. it. I mean, and I and I Leverage. appreciate what Farniak has done, but there's others that haven't been so good, mm-hmm. and I. There's a side of me that's like, him and Steel work really well together. They really do, and I'm I was excited about seeing that once again, but uh, yeah, he him sitting at home and they're kind of like we just don't know. He's going to have to make the decision. On I this don't
1: one. I don't think Zach is looking to reset the market. I think no. he's just looking for, like you said, an increase that better shows the appreciation of what he brings to the team and to the league. Um, But then as far as the leverage part goes, I don't believe he has 100% leverage because whenever there are fines involved, the team is always going to have that leverage that they can hold over the player. But as practices go along and you see Zach absent, and again, Farniaki's coming along, but this season is so pivotal. I can't stress it enough. You talk about the acquisition of Brandon Cooks and Gilmore on the defensive side of the ball. The pieces have been added. The expectation is there. Dak is working with these wide receivers. Tobert may be taking a step forward. Gout's supposed to have a bounce back season. It's now. Mike has taken over the play calling duties. So are you really, from Jerry's perspective, you have to look in the mirror and say, am I really willing to willing to push this to the limit and potentially risk the entire season? by not having zach martin even for one or two games because those first two games i mean the first one is a division game yeah so his
3: leverage will be if something happens to tyron smith that's where his leverage will be Mm -hmm. because what will happen is it'll force them to move tyler smith back to and now you got two guards you got to fill fill. (laughs) that'll be his leverage actually (laughs)
4: even consider missing a first Regular season game. I, Zach. I, I yes. Don't I? I, think money. I don't. Know. Money. I, I, have been, I, I,
3: I haven't think been that, right about this. I, yet. I don't know yeah. because
1: if if I'm Zach, if I allow them to believe I won't, then I might as well report right now. Right. I might but, as well report right but now. But
2: that also goes back to the point, like Brian, when you said, okay, what if they decide they're going to give him something? Let's yeah. say it's two or three million. Well, guess what? If he misses all the way through the first game, he's probably already chewed into over a million, over yeah. two million at that point. Of money that he's lost, yeah. So whatever they give him, if they give him two million at that point, he just basically is just paying for fines at that point. Yeah. He's just yeah. mi- he's missed the game check, he's missed all the training yeah. camp. Like that's a lot of money. So oh, no. for every day he's out here, he's actually losing money. Well, and, and whatever the Cowboys would give him would then only be subtract, that You'd only be subtracting well, what he missed. Well, he's
3: got two more weeks of camp, right, here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. we got this week. Three, we we got three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, if he gets through this week and then reports next week, then, you know, then the, the fines, that everything we're talking about, it's not the number of the million dollars, which you've done yeah. the math correctly. Yeah. And, and
1: also keep in mind, uh, the team doesn't have to levy those fines. No, they do. No, no, they, they do. do. They Under do. collective oh, bargaining. C- the CBA changed. yeah. That, no, the the
2: you, new that CBA. used to be all the new, way that, that, that new, would new. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, no, now it is, a, it is a
1: cutting. Okay, well, there you it, go. Is, it has to happen. There you go. Some Every day you miss, now. you are going to be fine. It's a race against the money equation, Exactly right. All right, we're going to take
3: our. The negotiated that themselves. How about that?
2: We're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We're going to get into some standout moments. These guys are going to tell you what they've been seeing out here at practice, particularly yesterday when the pads came on. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com
0: in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, Gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them "Yokiero Yokiero Guacamole." Back to the break.
3: We have this for you today. Do you do you eat, sleep, breathe Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win an exclusive prizes plus a trip to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl of 58. Nominate yourself or another today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. Welcome back. It is the second segment
2: of the Break Life Moxnard, California. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. Ding! All right, well, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's let's get some standout moments. I want to get a standout moment, standout player, something that caught your eye, uh, particularly yesterday when the Cowboys had their first pad of practice. Amber, I'm going to start with you.
4: Okay, I don't want to sound like a broken record because it happens every single year out here at training camp, and that's the wide receivers. <laughs> they always stand out at training camp. That's how it is. It's just more to their benefit the way these practices go. But something about this time, though, that I see a certain spark, speed, from the wide receivers group yesterday, a guy that really stood out from, uh, for me was Kavanta Turpin. Turpin, he's a guy that even last year you were wondering, okay, how can he be that tool, that little gadget, weapon in the offense? How can the Cowboys use him? And they're really trying him out out here in different ways. And he has been speedy. He has been good with his hands catching the ball. And also to point out uh, for the quarterbacks, Dak, I think he's had some great throws, but also Will Greer. He has stood out to me as far as like he's kind of – Moving up ahead. So far, he's had a better training camp than than Cooper Rush. Greer is looking really, really good. And some of those throws has been pretty impressive to me.
1: For me, I'm going to one of the positions that all eyes are on, and that's the kicker competition between Tristan Viscaino and Brandon Aubrey. Uh, out here today. Yeah, they're not out here, and <laughs> yeah. because you notice the camera's still, <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> camera still standing. Um, after what was a, a rough <laughs> warm up uh, <laughs> right. late last week, uh, they they acquitted themselves very well yesterday in the Mojo moment. Both Aubrey and Viscaino went three for three respectively in the mojo moment from 38, 44, and 48. So uh, long road ahead as far as this competition is concerned, but very promising start, especially coming off of what we uh, saw when we were doing our last show. So it looks like they're on the right track. But again, I'm still of the mindset that the Cowboys are very willing to add a veteran later in camp if that competition doesn't go well. Uh, and then I'm also looking at Jabril Cox. Uh, and I know I mentioned this before, uh, but Jabril Cox just looks like the LSU version of Jabril. Cox Uh, he looks quicker he looks more decisive he's playing with muscle memory and not overthinking it and he's really making an impact every time I happen to look over at him to see what he's doing he's reading he's reacting so things look good there and if they can get Jabril Cox the LSU version which is the version they were hoping to get in the fourth round uh, then you've solved the LB3 equation and then you work for depth behind that
3: these offensive tackles need Micah Parsons to take a day off. <laughs> they really do. He needs a veteran day. I think uh, there actually were – I saw him walk in as a group oh, over to Mike McCarthy's dorm room over to here. ask for a day for him? Yeah, they, yeah. they yeah. want Micah to Sign take a, a day off. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's always the low-hanging fruit when you talk about players with the Dallas Cowboys. And, but it's – the thing that comes to mind for me is we saw so many posts this summer – with Micah Parsons doing things whether in Austin or other parts of the country, training with people, meeting with Andrew Whitworth, the offensive tackle, the very fine tackle, Super Bowl winning tackle, about how to break guys down, how to how to manipulate his rush and stuff like that. It's just showing you what he's doing out here. All that stuff that he did, the 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 rope, you know, pulls, the the running, the jumping, everything that he did is showing up here. On this field and it, it came on when the when the pads were on, and you know he he's he's understanding this he gets Tyron Smith's weight all the way out on his left foot, and he just Reggie White hump moves him, you know that boop that hump move, and it gets him knocked off you know and he's just he's being this, this disruptive, and that's what cowboy fans are like, what more can Micah do? How high can he continue to raise the bar as a player? Because you're seeing it out here right now. You're seeing everything he did this summer is showing up on this field behind us right now. And again, that's the low-hanging fruit. You know,
4: yesterday watching practice, typically when you're watching these practices, I mean, you tend to root more for the offense just because those are the exciting plays that are happening, the flashy plays and all that. And I'm watching practice, I'm like, oh, all right. There's Micah Parsons again, as if that was a bad thing, but he would end that play Right after or as soon as it started. So he, he and, and also DeMarcus Lawrence. Yeah. He has been he another guy that has been getting be there. Yeah.
1: yeah, it Parsons is just unreal. Uh and there was one particular play, the play where he was lined up on the right edge against Tyron and then uh, Michael Gallup was going to chip, and both Gallup and Tyron just got walked. I mean, Micah did the inside step and teleported in the backfield, and that was the end of the play. And I literally, without even realizing it, I cursed out loud because I was like, holy blank. Based on what I saw, like Micah Parsons, no matter where they line him up, no matter who they line him up against, he is just owning it. So, like Brian said, there might be a petition going around for Veteran Day for Micah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: I'd say it's up to your quarterback through the ball. Well, yes. I know there was a clip about the interception and stuff mm. like that. That, you know, I mean, you know, read, say what you want on that. But overall, I thought Dak threw the ball well. If you watch how the routes were were, were developing and, you know, guys, whether it was Cooks, whether – I'll tell you what, the guys kind of catching – and Ambar brought this up about – but Jalen Brooks, the rookie from South Carolina who they drafted late, he's shown up not only when the non-padded practices catching the ball, but in, in the pad practice mm-hmm. yesterday – catching the football good route runner knows where he needs to be not making mistakes you know I was watching yeah I was watching these guys I was watching these guys you know over on the platform standing by the receivers and they are really working tirelessly on steps driving on the ball but also extending. you know not body catching or anything like that so You know, good job by uh, young Brooks and and other wide receivers. And Dak, I felt like, with the exception of the pass that Hooker intercepted, I finally felt like Dak was just trying to throw that one away because it was just so poorly thrown at that time. But still, the rest of the day, I thought he was – pinpoint where he needed to the be. The ball's coming yeah. out hot.
1: Also, keep yeah. an eye on Neville Gallimore. Uh, first pad of practice, Gallimore had a very strong practice. Uh, you know, you talked about Chauncey in making a play. Yeah. And we know Osa is going to make a play coming off a of career year. But pivotal year for Neville Gallimore, um, especially with the addition of Mazi Smith. And there will be packages where Hankins and Mazi are up against or lying side by side. Yeah. What does that mean for Gallimore? Yesterday, on at least one particular rep, Gallimore versus Tyler Smith, that's some real strength that he's going against. He got Tyler going full body to the left, and then he just threw him to the ground. And there was Tyler on the ground, and Neville was already in the backfield. So good day, good start to padded practice for Gallimore as well. All right, we're going to take our final break. Let's come back.
2: Let's talk about this defense. We've mentioned Micah Parsons. We're going to talk about what has to happen for this defense, including for Micah to take them from really, really good, maybe even great last year to being elite and being the top defense in the league. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping.
3: The seed Geek has your back no matter what kind of fan you are. So whether you're a die-hard fan or a don't-really-care fan, a we-got-em-next-time fan or we'll-never-win-again fan, a here-for-the-tailgate fan or a first-one-through-the-gates fan, SeatGeek
0: not only makes buying and selling tickets easier than ever before, they made just about everything else easier, too. So whether you're a Here Every Week fan or haven't been here in years fan, SeatGeek has you covered. Download the SeatGeek app today. SeatGeek, you're taking the great
4: seats. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
1: Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on?
4: Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says thanks good. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to the
1: break.
3: Dallas Cowboys Training Camp 2023 is here, brought to you by American Airlines. Watch the team practice on selected dates through August 15th in sunny Oxnard, California. Admission is free. For for more information, visit dallascowboys.com slash training camp. When the hottest oxnard practices we've had right training mm. camps Still oh yeah warm they, this we've been out here a long been, time it's right? been in the 80s i mean I'm not, i shouldn't complain because no, it's back 80s, home it's yeah, triple digits back home it's 107 every day and it's nice out here at night and all that but this is one of the warmest ones we've had yeah no doubt when con-
4: you're out here all day long right so, yeah
3: yeah but do you feel like they practice a long time i felt like with garrett two we hours? were out here for no. like three days practice An hour and a half two
1: hours yeah <laughs> so yesterday did a feel a bit it felt Quick, long? it felt it was over pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. prex did. So
3: Man, I could have had all my film work done by the I, time. I'm, I'm just practices. thinking about
2: I'm thinking about what it used to be in Wichita Falls when it was two practices I was with every you. day. I was with you. Two hours, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, full pass for both. Like it was a different time <laughs> I was with time. you.
3: Oh the yeah, reason we're time. here in Oxnard is because of Wichita Falls. Yeah. Exactly. I'll remember I'll never forget Jerry Jones standing on that tower. It was myself and Larry Lacewell and that was and when you it, were still working in scouting. Still working in yeah. scouting. And I was standing on that tower with Jerry, and he looked at Lace and goes, this is madness. This is absolute <laughs> it madness. Was, what we, it, it was, was either so De- it was Death Valley, California, yeah. or Wichita Falls were the two hottest places in the country when we were training. We're, I, I, we're lucky we didn't have a player go down. And there West
2: was no, in, no, no bubble or anything like that. Like they were practicing outside, outside. for outside. both of these practices. Yeah. It was at least mid-'90s. Maybe 100. It was hot. It was, it was a, really hot.
3: Was, there was some days where it was like 102, 103, yeah. 107, 108. It was different. They, remember, the, they had all those, real quick, they had all those IV beds. Yeah. You yeah. went into the locker room <laughs> and there were 50 beds <laughs> that were ready. It was like, it You're going to need it. Yeah, it's like they had you know, like, Just lay down. You, you need an IV. Hurry. I'm like in the personnel department laying in the IV bed. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Getting <laughs> flu. It is the third
2: segment of the Mercury Life Master I dog, was, California.
3: They're running And, and uh,
2: we're going to talk deep. It's now. we got a little bit of time here. I want to get into this defense, and I want to figure out what this defense needs to do at this point to take that next step. Because I think they're considered across the league to be one of the better defenses in the league. I don't think they're at the point where they're considered the best defense in the league. San Francisco 49ers are a team where I think most, team, most people think that's probably the, the head of the class. Uh, but what does Dallas need to do? what, what is the, If you had one thing that they had to improve on from last year, what do they need to do in order to take them to that next level? Can I level? give you two real quick? Sure, give me two. I'll try one.
3: and do two quick. You know me, I'm never quick at doing anything. Uh, I think they need to find out, they need to get Damone Clark playing well, and they're going to need to get Sam Williams playing well. If those two things, If those two things hit for them, because I think everything else is kind of in place. I think the corners are in place, the safeties are in place. The, the, the I'm just worried about like I say give me Damone Clark playing at a really high level with Leighton Van Der Esch and give me Sam Williams un, unblockable that was making like in his short reps that he was getting mm-hmm. tackles for loss double digit tackles for loss give me those two things this defense has got a chance to be the that top
1: defense and two things for me because they're going to take the ball away that feels like a foregone conclusion uh, point number one Stay healthy, which now means get healthy. we talk about Donovan, uh, Izzy, Trayvon, Sam. So get healthy and stay healthy because on paper, on paper, you have arguably the best defense in the league on paper, right? So that's the first and primary part of the equation. Second part of the equation is stop the run. That's what you got Jonathan Hankins for via trade last year. That's why you doubled down and used the first-round pick on Mozzie Smith. Stop the run. If this team with this personnel set and this defensive coordinator can stop the run, and force teams to pass and deal with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence in that pass rush and deal with, if Damone Clark uh, has the year-two jump, a healthy Leighton Van Der Esch, and then forcing the ball out to the boundaries inside. Nickel corner, Duran Jordan when he comes back, Trevon Diggs, Stefan on the boundaries, and in the back you got Dono, Jaron Curse flexing, and you got Malik Hooker. So again, for me, it starts with stopping the ball, and if they can do that, where do you go? Because you can't run but you can't pass, so good luck. So stay healthy and then stop the run.
4: Those are going to be my exact two points. So thank you, Patrick, for already explaining that. We're on that. the same page, yeah yeah, 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 there we go. But I, I mean, I don't know what else I could even add to all of that you guys said. I absolutely agree with all of it. The only thing I would say, just keep being able to create takeaways, get your hands on the ball. We saw that last year and how well it worked for them and how much it actually, well, They had to help the offense last year. We still don't know what this offense is going to look like once they start playing in the regular season and how much more productive can they be. But let's say if Dak keeps throwing the balls or the receivers don't catch it, let it bounce from him, and then give the ball away, you're going to need to have your defense there to kind of help get that ball back for you. So just being good with their hands once again and, and creating those takeaways, creating interceptions and helping your offense as much as you can in well, that way.
3: Amber makes a really good point, though, about that, because how about Mike McCarthy help this defense? Mm. You know, how he calls plays, how he manipulates offense, how they score points, how they control the ball. You know, those are all things that can, you know, all of a sudden you make opponents one-dimensional. What's the one thing Dallas could do? and <laughs> Get after the passer. You, yeah. They come after you there, and they could cover on the back end. So, absolutely, Mike McCarthy can help you a lot. Uh, if you're Dan Quinn on that defense.
2: What is uh, Michael Parsons? We know he's a phenomenal player. He's been in the running for Defensive Player of the Year in each of his first two years. But what what parts of his game can you identify where you're like, man, this is where if Micah does this, he's going to be easily, as he says, he wants to be that unanimous decision for Defensive Player of the Year. What is that thing that if he does it, it'll get him there? If
3: you start, If he starts creating turnovers. If all of a sudden he is going into the pocket and he's slamming the ball out of quarterback's hands or he's on the rush and he doesn't quite get there and now he's tipping a ball in the air, if he becomes the guy that can can do that to where all of a sudden every time that he's near the quarterback, it's a potential turnover, that's, that's the thing for me with Micah Parsons. He does everything else so well. He tackles, he finishes. Can he create turnovers? And if he's creating turnovers, this defense will go a long way to being that top defense, so again, we're talking about.
1: I'm right there with that. Uh, I think that if he adds that to his repertoire, I mean, best player in the league. Uh, and I mean, that's even if you factor in Aaron Donald, and this is something that Micah talked about this off season, He wants to be uh, the disruptive player. He wants to be in the Aaron Donald type conversation. And that's not always gonna mean that you have to get, you know, 15, 20 sacks a season. Sometimes that means recognizing that you need to get your hands up in the passing lane and, and do a J.J. Watt and, you know, create a tip drill for a guy to get that takeaway. So if he can do that, and I will also say he's improving in his run defense, um, but if he can learn when to change gears from going or teeing off on a uh, on a quarterback to saying, okay, I recognize this play midway and I peel off and I you know track this running back down toward the sideline. If he can improve upon that as well, he'll be uh, unstoppable. And we saw him teleport in teleporting the backfield yesterday and had a practice to shut down the running back. So uh, he looks like he's on track for that, that second thing I said.
4: <laughs> I would say the only other thing, that I can think of just to say something it would be to <laughs> stay level like maintaining his ego because so far we've seen opposing teams not really being able to take him away and handle him but let's say you're what three 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 we're in year three and now teams maybe start figuring out how to kind of stop him for a few more seconds and handle him but then that's messing with his head and we know that's one thing that when he gets too in his head it can throw him off a little bit and also what happens when let's say that creates opportunities for other guys on the line you know that makes him upset we're all on the same team but you know how he is he's such a competitive nature so just staying level keep going at it and not letting anything that happens just get to his head. Like
1: he didn't want to come off the field in Minnesota during that blowout. (laughs) For example.
3: Yeah, you know, again, Ambar makes a a really, really good point about that because we did see a team take him out of a game. We did see Philadelphia Philadelphia. take him out of a game where all of a sudden they made him play uh, indecisive. Uh-huh. You know, so maybe to Ambar's point again, but you making the last point, you make the best point. Uh oh, that oh, thank th- you. <laughs> so the to me the 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 ability to, to for him to have that awareness yeah. that okay, this is what they're trying to do to me. They they're trying to make me play slow. They're not letting me play quick. And so him his ability to adapt to what teams are trying to do to him well 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 said on your part.
4: And here I was, just saying something to say something. Nah. Turns out it was okay. You're never okay. just saying something to say <laughs> something. I
3: think, <laughs> I think it's actually the, maybe no, the best I point. That, I really that's,
4: do. That's, that's one They time. made him play slow. How do you yeah, stop Micah Parsons?
3: You make him play slow. Philadelphia made him play slow.
4: And that's one thing thinking. that can be his weakness. Yeah. It's just the mental part of the yeah. game because he does – Tend to get frustrated. And absolutely, if he can he's just, aggressive. Yeah, he is. But sometimes he he it gets the better out of it him. It can
2: work yeah. against you. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. I, that was actually where I was going to go. If you didn't, was that that Philly game showed you something? And and best believe in the NFL, if when teams show that. you, when mm. teams show you a way to to do something against a particular player, other teams are looking at that and they're like, how can we take advantage of that? Not everybody has a Jalen Hurts, so not everybody's going to be able to do what Philadelphia did, but. That being said, there will be teams that will look for those types of plays, those types of scenarios to get him in those moments when he can be indecisive. And if they can make him indecisive, that slows him down. That helps
1: the offense. I right, would best y- believe Michael looked at that film. Yeah, all absolutely. Yeah. As, he awesome. As he should.
2: You <laughs> got you to you get yourself to the point where yeah. you understand yeah. where your weaknesses are, and you got to be working on those because they're going to exploit them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Thursday, uh, get into a little bit more. We got some more padded practices. We've got a padded practice today. Uh, and then a walk through tomorrow then another practice on Thursday. So till then for Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on dallascowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about this Cowboys? Yeah!